Hey everyone, I'm glad you've decided to join us on the A Friend For You podcast. We are a group of people who are interested in helping people just like you get to know the friend that sticks closer than a brother. That friend is Jesus. We are in our second season and we're looking at how Jesus picks a posse. Now, we're going to do two or three episodes for each disciple. The first will talk about how they met and they were called by Jesus to be one of his disciples. And the second will go into the relationship they had with Jesus and their more important interactions that they had with him and how they lived their lives and were impacted by Jesus. Now, there are exceptions to that one or two episodes. I mean, for example, Simon Peter, the first one we're going to talk about, had so many interactions with Jesus, it's going to take an extra episode to get all that in. So Simon Peter will have three podcasts in his series. Once a month, or every month and a half or so, we're going to be having an episode that we're going to call A Friend of a Friend for You. And on that episode, we will be talking with a friend that is doing ministry well. We will find out a way to apply that ministry to our lives, and then maybe we can all learn together how to be more like Jesus. I am thrilled to announce to our friends that after 15 episodes, we have finally broken a thousand listens. That thousandth listen came around 2 p.m. on Saturday, February the 13th. Actually, now we're someplace around 1,075 listens at this point. We've been heard in nine countries around the world and 21 states in the United States. And something that I found that was kind of exciting, there are actually 90 cities and counties in those states that have had listeners. I'm glad to be a part of something that is making a difference in expanding the kingdom of Jesus. Now it's time to give just a few shout outs. The first big shout out goes to everyone who listened to the podcast to help us reach our first 1,000. Uh, then I want to give shouts out to uh, Benjamin who said thanks for the podcast. Betty Jean who gave it a thumbs up. Karen said hi. Sean sent me some pics of his new son. Too cute by the way, Sean. Uh, Thomas said he's getting ready to move. Uh, Barbara, Brian, Carol, Sean, Stefan, and John and Joe all liked the podcast and the podcast was shared by Pam. Uh, and Paul uh, even sent me a message to let me know that uh, I asked a question on the Facebook page about the Super Bowl halftime show, and he said the Super Bowl halftime show was Dr. Fucci approved. Uh, they were all wearing some type of a mask. Anyway, too funny. Have you ever found yourself totally thinking one way on something and then just when you think you have your mind made up, there's a new opinion or maybe some new information and you find yourself moving to a new way and then there's a new development and you move to yet another decision? You ever been there? I know I have. Simon Peter seems to find himself being brave and assertive and strongly focused on Jesus and then somehow he gets distracted by something that seems important and before long he's double-minded. Right now we are in the planning stages of a home improvement project at our house and as God has blessed we've been able to save just a little bit at a time and now we've reached a place where we're going to be able to upgrade a few things around the house and one of those things that we're going to do is replacing some flooring throughout a large part of our house. 
Now, after doing a lot of research and shopping, we've decided to do some uh, luxury vinyl plank flooring. Now, at first, we decided on the Capano Oak, and we got a sample and we brought it home, but then we compared it to the woodwork and we looked uh, around at a few other uh, styles and colors, and we decided after talking to a couple of salespeople that maybe we should do just that, look at some more colors, get some more options. And so after making a decision, we noticed that acacia and hickory looks really, really nice. And while we were going to a storefront to get some samples of the acacia and the hickory, we also found that bamboo looks really nice. And pretty soon we had decided that bamboo looked amazing. So we ordered a few samples from the company. And... We have a, a great flooring guy. This guy's going to come. He's going to remove the old flooring and install the new. And he was looking at some of the samples with us. And he strongly felt that the bamboo would just lay too dark for what we were trying to accomplish. Now, he didn't want to steer us too much, but he really liked the hickory. Now, we had some conversations with the boys, and the boys really liked the acacia. And so now Pam and I are trying to decide between the acacia and the hickory. One day, we will totally lean towards the acacia, and the next day, we totally lean towards the hickory. You ever been double-minded? It's kind of scary because this is only one aspect of the remodel we're getting ready to do. We're going to be messing around with a laundry room and a half-bath room in our kitchen, not to mention we have to research some colors for painting the walls. Have you ever been double-minded? Man, I'm even multi-ministry-minded. I struggle with thinking too much of myself. I mean, I'm a teacher, I'm a leader with a good education, lots of experience, both here and around the world. After all, this podcast is heard in several countries and all over the U.S., and yet I struggle with thinking too little of myself. I used to teach and preach and do pastoral ministry here and around the world. Now I stay home and I don't get to do any face-to-face ministry anymore. I can get a double-minded perspective on life. I I get so double-minded that I find myself sitting here beside myself. (laughs) I know these are kind of silly examples, but it goes to show how someone can have their mind set and then move to another idea. Simon Peter is an amazing disciple of Jesus. He is the known leader of the disciples. Peter is a strong type A personality and he really goes all in and on everything he does. But we see that throughout what we're going to learn in the next two episodes that Peter struggles with being double-minded. As I've already mentioned, today we're going to be talking about Simon Peter. So what do we know about Simon Peter? Well, he is the son of a fisherman. And Simon took over the business as the older son of his father, John. And his younger brother, Andrew, was also a daily part of his crew and a partner in that business. Uh, now, many scholars think that their father, John, died early on and that that Simon and Andrew were raised with uh, the with James and John, who were also their partners in fishing and raised by their parents. So Simon, we also know that he was married. Uh, he owns a nice house in Capernaum, and we know that he's married because uh, Jesus goes to the house that he has in Capernaum and heals his mother-in-law. 
So we know that he was married to have a mother-in-law. How did Simon first meet Jesus? Well, actually, Andrew brings Simon to meet Jesus first, and it's later that Jesus gets into Simon's boat and gives him the infamous call to fish for men. Jesus gives Simon a, a new name in Matthew chapter 1. It's Cephas, Simon Cephas, and it means Simon the Rock. And that gets translated into Greek, and that gives us Simon Petros, which means stone. And Simon Peter, therefore, is a mix of that original name Simon and the Greek translation for, for uh, Cephas, which is Petros, and we get the name Simon Peter. That is how we came to know this disciple as Simon Peter. Now, it's also interesting that Peter is a part of the inner circle of disciples that Jesus finds himself spending extra time with. Now, Peter, James, and John get extra time with Jesus, and they were his go-to guys. Simon Peter was the spokesperson for the disciples, and he's listed first among the disciples, and that indicates that he was one of the leaders of the group. There are so many interactions between Peter and Jesus that it's hard to select just a few to learn from in this episode. In fact, I selected several and we're going to talk about Peter, Simon Peter, over the next couple of episodes. But let's select just a few to talk about in this first episode today. I think there is a reoccurring theme throughout all of the interactions between Jesus and Peter. Jesus is always helping him to see that he is double-minded. Jesus seems to be wanting to help Peter see that he only needs to focus on him to find all that he's looking for. In Matthew 14, Jesus finds out that his cousin, John the Baptist, has been beheaded. Now, after this, Jesus tries to take a retreat with his disciples to a quiet place. And who wouldn't? That would be a blow to anybody to find out that your cousin was just beheaded. But the crowds followed them and found them, and they wanted to hear more from Jesus. Jesus is always caring for people, and he sees that more than 5,000 men, women, and children are fed because they're hungry. After doing that miracle with the loaves and the fish, Jesus sends the disciples back across the lake and he dismisses the crowd. Jesus comes and the disciples are out in the lake and he comes to them walking on the water. And shortly before dawn, in the middle of the night, he comes walking on the water. Now this is not normal. <laughs> the wind's picking up, the waves are pummeling the boat. Now, now many of these guys... Peter included, have been around water their whole life. And something walking on top of the waves is just not something you see. And they're afraid. I mean, nothing in this world could walk on water like they're seeing. And here it is happening in the darkest part of the night with a storm kicked up. And this has to be a ghost. Jesus approaches the boat and he says, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now, I have to tell you, personally, I don't know if this would have given me a lot of comfort. How in the world is Jesus walking on water? That's just it, though. Nothing of this world can do this. Jesus is again proving that he is, in fact, the Son of God. All of the disciples were not sure what to do. 
They sat there dumbfounded. The reality is sinking in that Jesus is more than they ever thought. Then out of the quiet of the night, Simon Peter speaks. Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. (laughs) Wow, this shows how impulsive Peter is. Not only are they not absolutely sure that this is Jesus. Second, no one knows if this person can cause another person to walk on the water like he is. Not to mention the waves are crashing because of the wind. Peter should have known better. He's been on the water his whole life, but that's Peter. He's all in. If you are who you claim you are, then I want to walk on water too. Jesus simply replies, come. Did you say that you were Jesus? I know that that's implied, but really, this person walking on the water says, come. (laughs) Peter, even though there's a fear of a man that can do something like this, absolutely believes that this is Jesus and that Jesus can help him walk on water. So Peter walks on water. Can you imagine the first step onto the water? Can you focus while you're walking across moving waves? Well, Peter is overtaken by the circumstances of his supernatural walk. His thoughts and his eyes fall from Jesus to the wind and the waves around him, and soon Peter begins to sink. There's nothing he can do to keep himself buoyant. Seeing the wind and the waves and the water he's sinking into, Peter's afraid, and he cries out for help. Lord, save me. (laughs) Peter has leapt out of the boat and has taken on more than he's able to handle on his own. Before we get too critical, though, he is the only one who got out of the boat to walk on water. That is just the type of person he is. And Jesus let him be bold. Why? Because that's the type of person he was. He quickly sees that he cannot trust in himself, and Peter calls for Jesus. Even though a strong person could not save himself, he had the faith to call on the same Lord that beckoned him to come to save him. At that very moment that Peter called, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and saved him from sinking to the bottom. And Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Didn't Peter ask for permission to come out of the boat, stepping on the water? Didn't that take a lot of faith? Faith to start something And faith to finish something are two different things. Both are important, but Jesus chastises Peter for not continuing to have faith in him. That faith that got him to step out of the boat when he started to sink. The faith never was in the waves or the wind, the water, or even in Peter's own ability. The faith was in Jesus. And once his faith in Jesus wavered, he sank into the waves. Jesus is teaching a very important principle. He asked Peter, why did you doubt? Peter could have said that there's the wind and the waves and the water coming at me. But the words in Greek mean something significant. It's spelled D-I-S-T-A-Z-O. Distazo, that equals doubt. Why did you doubt? Why did you distazo? It means, why did you allow yourself to be pulled in two directions? You started so well, your belief, but you allowed 
the circumstances of the world around you to cause you to doubt. This might be a pretty dire circumstance, Peter, but there will always be other things coming at you causing you to want to doubt. Faith is keeping your mind on Jesus solely. As Jesus is chastising Peter, they return to the boat. And as soon as they get into the boat, the wind stops and the disciples, including Peter, worship Jesus. There's no doubt that he is the Son of God. Another significant moment for Peter. If there is no doubt that Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ, then why would he ever allow me to be double-minded and not have faith in him. This training was probably helpful to Peter just a couple of chapters later in Matthew 16 when the disciples are asked, who do you say that I am? Peter took the lead role and he answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. There's no wavering at all this time. Peter knew exactly who Jesus is. Jesus communicates his great favor on Peter after that God-given response. You are Peter, which means rock. Then Jesus shifts the metaphor and says, On this rock I will build my church. Is Peter the rock as some might believe? No, no, don't be misled. The rock goes back to the statement Peter made. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. The church is the bride of Christ and it is built on Jesus alone. Just one chapter later, Jesus takes the inner circle, Peter, James, and John, on the mountain with him to pray. Right before their eyes, Jesus is transfigured. His earthly body becomes his heavenly body. How does that happen? I don't know. No one really knows. What does a transformation look like? Jesus' face shone like the sun, his clothes were white as snow. And if this is not enough, Moses and Elijah, both being long dead, long gone, their heavenly bodies also show up and they appear and they're talking with Jesus. Peter, James, and John are amazed at what they're seeing and Peter, without really thinking it through, offers to build a shelter for each one of these three. And while he's speaking, the cloud of the presence of God appears. I wonder if it's similar to the cloud that led the Israelites out of Egypt. But anyway, the voice in the cloud addresses the three men and said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The disciples knew they were in the presence of God, so they fell on their face. But they also got the message from God. This is my son. Focus on him. Listen on him. Listen to him. Jesus comes to the men and he touches them and he said get up don't be afraid okay how does any rational person handle this what they had just seen and heard they were in the presence of two of the patriarchs of their nation who had long been gone uh, God himself appeared in a in cloud form and spoke to them Jesus is changing from from the form of an earthly body to a heavenly body and then back again this is just too much for anyone to fathom. Then Jesus says, don't tell anyone about this until the Son of Man, which by the way is what he called himself, has been raised from the dead. Wow. Did Jesus just tell them, first, I'm going to die. 
he says a few verses later he's going to suffer at the hands of the of the Israelites. Second, Jesus says he will be raised from the dead. I wonder why they were so surprised when it happens. Then Jesus, Jesus actually tells them several times that he will be killed and raised again. So what do we see here today and what does it mean to me? We will take a few minutes, we're going to review what we've heard, and then there's going to be seven questions to help us apply what we have heard. A quick reminder is that I would like to post these questions on the A Friend For You Facebook page so that you can take more time to really think through these questions and then apply what, you've, what you answer to your own life. Now we've learned that Peter was a, a married fisherman that lived in Capernaum. Jesus gives Simon the name Cephas, which is later translated Petros, and from that we get the name Simon Peter. He's one of the inner circle of disciples. Jesus sends the disciples ahead of him in a boat, and then he comes out to them in the middle of the night walking on the water. Simon calls and says, If you are Jesus, call me to come to you on the water. Jesus says, Come, and Peter goes for it. After a few steps, he takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to sink. Peter cries out for help. Jesus saves him from sinking to the bottom and asks Peter, why did you allow yourself to be double-minded? The first question for this episode, what is the significance of the new name for Simon? Second question, why did Jesus choose Simon Peter to be one of those disciples in his inner circle? What was it about him that Jesus wanted to spend extra time with him? Question number three, how was Peter so brave that he asked Jesus to let him walk on water? And by the way, should we as Christians find that same bravery to ask Jesus to allow us to do amazing things? Question number four, what happened to Peter that caused him to sink? And question number five, what are some ways that you find yourself being double-minded? Man, I know in my life and in my heart, I find myself so easily distracted from my focus on Jesus like it should be. Sometimes Peter gets it, and other times not so much. One time Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then next at the transfiguration, Jesus, Peter wants to build uh, tabernacles or tents for all the transfigured beings that are there when he should have remained focused just on Jesus. Even God himself comes and says, This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Question number six, who do you say that Jesus is in your life? Who is Jesus to you? And question number seven, what things get in the way of your focus on Jesus? What causes you to stop focusing just on Jesus? I would like to thank you for being a part of the A Friend For You podcast. 
I encourage you to check out our Friend For You Facebook page and go through those seven questions in a time frame where you can really think about them. And I pray that this will have an impact on your life. You are now part of a larger group of people sharing the messages of Jesus around the world more than a thousand times. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We are striving to help as many people as we can to meet our friend Jesus. So let's not be double-minded and let's help get the message out. I encourage you to share this podcast with at least three other people. And don't forget to drop me a line on the A Friend For You Facebook page.